Hi, it's Katie with Bountiful Living. And some of you have asked, why John 10.10? So if you don't know, John 10.10 is actually my key verse for Bountiful Living. And God put it on my heart several years ago when I first had the idea for this ministry. And it says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Today, we're going to read from the Passion Translation, which is something new that I've just discovered. It's apparently a very accurate translation, so I'm so excited to share that with you today if you've never heard of the Passion Translation. And actually, it's good. I love the way that it explains God's Word. So as always, I never want to cherry-pick Scripture. I don't want to just take something and believe exactly what it says word for word. I want to dig deeper into that and look at what each of these words mean. And I'm so glad that I did, because every time I've heard this scripture, every time I've heard it preached or discussed, it's always talking about the thief as Satan. And while that is true, because he is the reason that there is evil and wickedness in the world, in our lives, and in the way that we see people who are stealing from us, we don't always identify it as being something Satan does. Some of you may not know or even realize that we have an enemy, and he is out to steal, to kill and destroy. But in this passage, I think that Jesus, as he always does, is saying something very specific that his audience will understand. I was pretty fascinated to know that this parable is being taught to the Pharisees and everyone that is around him during the Festival of Lights. We see this in in John 10, 22, where it says, This time came to observe the winter feast of renewal in Jerusalem, which you guys, that is Hanukkah. That is the festival of lights. It's the modern day Hanukkah. And so Jesus and all of the people were gathered there to celebrate this festival. And that is the time that he is choosing to share and to talk about who he is and what he is here to do for us as Israel does and did at that time remember what they had been saved from, how they had been rescued. This was a time of remembrance. So Jesus uses this very specific example of shepherding and come to find out, as I didn't know this at all, that he is directly referring to Ezekiel 34 in his parable. So I couldn't just jump on here and talk about the scripture without going back to Ezekiel 34 to see the foundation and background of why this message of the Good Shepherd is so vital and so relevant, not just to the Jews during this time as they celebrated Hanukkah, but as Christians today. So if you look in Ezekiel 34, God is talking, sorry, my pen rolled. (laughs) God is talking about shepherds. And if we think about in our lives, we all have people over us. We have our parents originally. They're the first people who kind of shepherd or lead us. We have teachers. We have mentors. We have presidents. We have state representatives and all kinds of people who are technically over us. We have bosses. Well, I'm sure you'll agree with me 
that not all of these people are always good. Not all of these people are who are, are always faithful. Some of them are actually wicked. And that's what God is addressing in Ezekiel 34. Verse 1 says, When the word of the Lord came to me, me as Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord, Woe to you, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat, and you clothe yourself with wool. You slaughter the fat of the sheep without feeding your flock. Those who are sickly, you have not strengthened. The diseased, you have not healed. The broken, you have not bound up. The scattered, you have not brought back. Nor have you sought for the lost. But with force and severity, you have dominated them. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd, and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered. Now, of course, God is not going to stand for this. He is not going to stand for his people, the people of Israel, or us being treated this way. So this is how God responds. We're going to jump down a bit to verse 11. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so will I care for my sheep and deliver them from the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountain of Israel by streams and in the inhabited places of the land. I will feed them in good pasture and their grazing ground will be on mountain heights of Israel. There they will lie down on good grazing ground and feed in the rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock. I will lead them to rest, declares the Lord. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the scattered, bind up the broken, and strengthen the sick. And the fat and the strong, I will destroy. I will feed them with judgment. So this is a direct contrast to all the things that these evil, wicked people have done. They have misused their power. They have lorded over Israel. And there's times that when we're looking at the Old Testament, we always need to see Is God talking about Israel or is he talking about his people? This is one of the times that he is talking about Israel and he's talking about his people, meaning the Gentiles. And the way that I can confirm that is Jesus begins to directly quote much of this in Ezekiel. And the reason he uses these words is because when he's talking to the Pharisees, they're going to recognize the Torah. They're going to recognize what we call the Old Testament, but to them it was the Torah and understand, oh, this is a fulfilled prophecy. Of course, we know not everyone will understand, but he's trying to help them understand. He even repeats himself, which I appreciate. Jesus always, like, if you didn't get it the first time, let me explain it again. Let me explain it a different way. Let me make it a little easier for you. So jumping down again to the prophecy, and in the side notes of my Bible, this says, it is quoting John 10, 11, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So Ezekiel 34, 23 Then I will set over them one shepherd, 
my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd. Now, of course, at this time in the timeline of Ezekiel, the Israelites had already returned from captivity and were rebuilding their temple. So this is way past the time of David. So when he is saying this, it is not meaning literally King David, but it is meaning the seed of David. It is meaning his heir, because God promised that there would be someone on the throne of Israel through King David's line through the end of the ages. And of course, that would be fulfilled in Christ. Verse 24 says, And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, meaning Jesus, will be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate harmful beasts from the land so that they will live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. Wow, guys. I don't know what you're looking for in life, but I know I could use a covenant of peace and safety and security from harm. And of course, some of this is prophesying Zion when there is going to be a new heaven and new earth, because some of these promises, unfortunately, will not be fulfilled here on earth. Some will. Some will. So looking now at John 10.10. I love how the Passion Translation calls this the parable of the kind shepherd. Because that is a quality of somebody that we want in leadership. So Jesus, as I said earlier, is talking to the Pharisees and he says, listen to this eternal truth. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But here's the contrast. The true shepherd walks right up to the gate, and because the gatekeeper knows him and knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd, for he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all of his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow, for they are familiar with his voice. But they will run away from strangers and never follow them because they know it's the voice of a stranger. Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant. Okay, so some of them did not understand at all. (laughs) I'm like that sometimes. Sometimes I need like a couple of reminders or explanations or like, let's walk through this a little bit. Thankfully, Jesus does that. So in verse 7, he went over it again. I speak to you eternal truth. I didn't get it the first time. I am the gate. I'm the gate for the flock. All of those. So this is how I know that Satan is not the only one they're referring to in John 10.10. Because Jesus is saying, all of those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal. So these are all false prophets. These are all false Christs. These are all people who positioned themselves in places of power and were abusive. It says, all those who broke in before me are thieves who came to steal, but the sheep never listened to them. I am the gateway. To enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. 
but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I'm the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. But a worker who only serves for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And then the wolf mauls the sheep, drags them off, and scatters them. So if you guys are feeling a little deja vu right about now, that is exactly what they were talking about in Ezekiel, about these shepherds, these kings, these evil rulers who had come in, and not just people over Israel, but the Assyrians and all kinds of other people who came in to dominate and control Israel. And we all know those workers who they're just working for a paycheck and their heart isn't in anything. And they may be thinking about themselves or the bottom line and not what is for the good. We have all of these different experiences in our lives. It may have been a parent who was abusive and was not a good shepherd to you. They stole from you. Maybe they didn't take care of you. Maybe someone has cheated you and you lost either your financial security or your good name or a relationship was damaged. Whatever broken relationships you have with people who have been in leadership over you or powered or lorded over you in ways like a thief, you can come to Christ for healing. You can come to him for restoration. You can come to him for that peace, for satisfaction, for your wounds to be bound up, for you to be safe and secure, not scattered and abandoned. That is the life Christ offers because he is the good shepherd. And if you want to know more about him, how to know him, I encourage you to go to my website at bountifulliving.net. You can submit a prayer request and you can also find out how to have a relationship with this good shepherd. And I have to tell you while I'm doing all this study, I had a little bit of my own personal conviction and now how I have led and how I have shepherded because that's what I am here today. I am accountable to you and always want to make sure that what I'm presenting while I'm human and will make error, that I have really researched it, that I have taken the time to pray, to intercede, to do my research, to double check, triple check, look at other resources and see what commentaries from a few hundred years ago said. In fact, I have to say I'm excited and also humbled as I was looking at one of those because as always it's important to do when you're reading God's word you need to read it in context and so I continued reading into John chapter 21 and we're actually going to make this the part two be sure and tune in next time to shepherds the good the bad and the ugly for part two of my own personal conviction and a charge for shepherds out there to serve as Jesus did Y'all have a great day, and we'll hang out on the airwaves here soon.